Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 311, we find out just how intertwined healthcare and retirement really are as Joe and Big Al answer your questions about Social Security and Medicare, Health Savings Account or HSA and Medicare, and the impact that required minimum distributions from IRAs have on Medicare premiums. Plus, they'll also answer questions on strategies for Roth IRA conversions and Social Security, saving for retirement in an after-tax IRA or a brokerage account, and paying debt from retirement funds or by refinancing the mortgage. That is, they will do their best to answer your questions on those topics, but we've got a couple of corrections from listeners in this episode, too. If you've got money questions, comments, or limericks for the fellas, click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app, go to the show notes, and hit that Ask Joe and Al on air banner. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Steve from Olympia, Washington. Hi, YMYW. Great show. Greetings from wet western Washington. I was kind of confused with the wet there yeah, for a second. In all caps. It was all caps. Right. That's so, that an acronym. I thought <laughs> I wasn't sure. That threw me for a loop there, Steve. Yeah, right. Just emphasis. Got it. Got it. Um, maybe you should have put like an emphasis on it. <laughs> How do you do that? You know, like italics or something. Oh, okay. Maybe bold. bold. He went with capital. Well, bold and italics. So yeah. that, that would have made more sense. That would, yes. Instead yes. Of, and maybe underlined. Because, Use yeah. all three. Because when it's capital letters, we think of acronym. I, I was thinking the same thing. Was, what's this? What's he saying? Uh, yeah. Because our listeners sometimes, they come up with some crazy <laughs> ass stuff. I realize now we're going to get a whole bunch of emails that are all going to be underlined, bold, and capitalized. <laughs> Perfect. Because yeah, yeah. I, I, it's all black and white for me. I don't care. Um, I learned about you folks on YouTube. But I listen to your podcast as I work out on the weight machines at the gym with a mask on, of course. Wow. At oh, the gym. Just, just ripping, getting shredded. That's awesome. I hope, he, I hope he's not using earbuds so he's letting other people listen to him. Yeah. Just speakerphone. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's getting jacked. Yeah. He's getting jacked listening to YMYW in wet Western Washington. Yes. Um, I'm I, planning to work till 75 because leaving a legacy is important to my family. I have two HSA questions. I'm utilizing the HSA as a safety vehicle. I will contribute to a town 75 and don't plan to spend from it until after retirement. Um, well, first of all, 75, Steve. How old is Steve? <laughs> he doesn't say. Okay. Well, you can't contribute to an HSA till age 75. Well, you can, I think, if you're not on Medicare. If you decide not to elect Medicare, I think you can. I, I, okay, sixty-five is what. That's what you remember. Uh, that's yeah. I think you can. Okay, I will start taking Social Security at age seventy, but I won't want to start Medicare until I retire at seventy-five. Okay, so maybe is there some way I can turn on Social Security at, at seventy without automatically turning on Medicare? Medicare automatically turns on, doesn't it? Like when because you, it, when you sign up for Social Security you, at that age, correct. Yeah. So I think, I think you can. I think you just have to tell them because I because I do think it's automatic unless you let them know. Probably. So if he claims Social Security and then Medicare will kick in, then that kicks him out of the HSA. It does. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not sure the answer to be honest. I th- I would when you're ready to take Social Security at, at around age 70, I would call up the Social Security Administration and tell them. 
you want to start Social Security without Medicare. And, and I'm not a Medicare expert by any stretch. I'm, I'm not either. I'm, you know, I'm probably a two out of ten on Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's I, penalties. I, I'm probably the same. I, I just happen to know what I just said because I looked it up. You, you can you can do you, you can do HSA after age 65 if you're not on Medicare. So you're doing some homework? Yeah. I'm usually on the first two questions and then I run out of time and patience. <laughs> so this was one, this was the second question. Got it. Okay. Well, um, let me clarify here. So even if <clears throat> I, I was under the impression too, that Medicare, that you would want to still enroll, I suppose if you're an HSA nut, you probably don't because um, in, in some insurances that, Medicare would be primary over your, even your employers. Um, I should just shut up because I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. All right. Now, number two, question number two here. I understand I am supposed to stop contributing to the HSA six months before I start Medicare. But what if I have a, um, but what? Retire all of a sudden. Retire all of a sudden. Like all of a sudden I'm going to retire. Do I pull money out of the HSA, pay tax on it, and ask for forgiveness? Thanks for all you do, Steve. Uh, Steve, I wouldn't worry about it if you have to all of a sudden retire. <laughs> That's a new retirement program. I think. I, I think. How'd I, you retire all of a sudden? I, it was. I wasn't expecting it. It happened yesterday. All of a sudden. <laughs> That's like I woke up. I had an epiphany. So, I want to be retired. So I already we, put it HSA, HSA, but I don't care. We sit down with clients. Well, what kind of retirement you want? You want a, all of a sudden retirement? <laughs> or do you want to plan for it? I think when you, I, I think, and I, I'm, not, I'm probably about a two out of ten on HSA also. But I would say you probably your contributions up until you all of a sudden retire are probably okay, even though they're in the same year. Yes. All right, Steve, I know that didn't help at all. It's very funny. All right. Uh, Nick, he writes in from the Philippines, Alan. To Al, Joe, and Andy, love your show. My question is, should I do a Roth conversion? All right. First of all, he spells Joe, J-O, and Andy, A-N-D-Y. Yeah. Wow, you actually know how to spell my name? A-N-D-I, yes. not Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Really? I didn't know you knew how to spell it. I, I know spelling is not my forte or reading for that. <laughs> or talking. Or talking. Um, so Nick, he's retired. He lives in the Philippines. His so, monthly expenses are $35. Thirty, Yeah. All <laughs> right. He says $3,500, but probably not $35. Okay. $3,500. So he's got a 401k L, $750,000. He's got a brokerage account. Call another hundred fifty dollars He's got an IRA of fourteen grand, Roth accounts of one hundred sixty thousand and seventy five thousand dollars in cash. Present income is twenty two hundred dollars withdrawal from the four hundred one k a year, and he's got a pension of another twenty seven hundred dollars. Twenty six thousand. Oh, twenty six thousand seven hundred a year. Yeah, got it. Uh, and then he's pulling out twenty one thousand six hundred a year from the four hundred one k. Yeah, so he's pulling out about fifty thousand. Okay. Give or take. Future income, Social Security at 66 is 36000 for me and my wife. And the RMD at age 72 is $25,000 a year. Appreciate your answer. Merry Christmas, Nick. Uh, should he do a Roth conversion is his question, Alan. He's got $750,000 in a retirement account. 
Um, and his current income today is 50 grand. Sure. The answer is yes. His future income is going to be higher than his current income and tax rates are low. So that's a recipe for wanting to do a conversion. It, just look at the tax bracket too, right? So let's say he's got $50,000 of income and the standard deduction is 25 grand. So his taxable income, call it $25,000. Sure. Okay. He's just barely in the 12% tax bracket. Um, no, he's in the 10% tax. No, he's 25,000. So 20,000 yeah. is the top of the 10. Sure. So he's got plenty of room in the 12, the 12% tax bracket's dirt cheap. Yeah. So that goes up to about 80,000 for a married couple. So you ought to do probably at least 50,000. I would for sure. That would be a good number. So if you're in the 10 or 12% tax bracket, if you ever ask us a question, should you do a conversion? Our answer is probably always yes. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Right. In, unless, you know, then you get into certain social security issues when you convert in the 12% tax bracket. Um, and you don't have a lot of money in retirement accounts, that might jack up the taxation of your Social Security. That's the only time I probably would say no. Yeah, I would agree with that. So so the, the basic answer is this. When you're in the 10 or 12% bracket, at least do a Roth conversion to max out the 12% bracket. That's a cheap tax rate. Okay. And you're right, Joe. That's the exception is if you're receiving Social Security and more of the Social Security becomes taxable then you might want to at least think twice, at least run a calculation to see if it still makes sense. Right, because how it works is the, the more additional ordinary income that would show up on your tax return, more Social Security is subject to income tax. Yeah, yeah. So here's how that works. In some cases, you add a dollar more broad conversion, and now all of a sudden another 85 cents of Social Security income is taxable that was tax-free before. So now it's like your dollar added to- you dollar eighty-five. Yeah, call it $2 of extra income right? Basically doubling your tax bracket. Right. So just be careful of that. Yep. All right. Uh, so yeah, thanks a lot for the question, Nick from the Philippines. We got Pete from Pachigui. <laughs> oh, wow. Pachigui. I don't know. What's, how, how the hell did you pronounce that? Uh, Notice his last sentence is, can't wait to hear how Joe pronounces this one. It's, uh, it's uh, Pachog, New York. Pachigui. Pachog. So did you actually look that up, Al? Yeah, I did, because I, I didn't know. Pachog. I was going to say Pachog. Yeah, uh, Pachog. 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 Pachagooey. All right. Good morning, Big let's, Al. Let's, let's, go with, let's go with Pachagooey. Like and it. Angie. Yeah, that's a new one. Angie. Hey, Angie. Uh, I love the show and the humor you guys bring to the financial planning. I have a question about your favorite topic, Roth contributions. I'm a 49-yo professor who is expected to get a pension from the state of New York. Uh, the pension amount depends on when I retire. Assume I retire at 55, I'll collect $55,000 a year in the pension. I'll likely have a million spread out over all tax-deferred Roth and non-retirement brokerage accounts. I've recently been maxing out both 403B and 457 plans with Roth contributions. Uh, this past year, my total gross income was $175,000, which bumps me up into the 32% federal tax bracket. I know my pension will be taxed at ordinary income, so Roth made sense since I can afford to pay the tax now. I think many businesses such as my college, will likely become the next blockbuster video and be replaced by an online version, which would bring my future income down. Does it make sense to pay close to 40% in taxes today 
to do a Roth up to the 24% tax bracket? Uh, does it make more sense to contribute into a traditional now and do conversions later? Do you have a rule of thumb by tax bracket? I assume it would be the aggregate of both state and federal taxes. Thanks again, Pete from Patchagooey, New York. Can't wait to hear how Joe pronounces this one. <laughs> there you have it. Patchagooey. I don't know. What do you think, Al? Um, well, we could use a little bit more information. So the question really is, does it make sense to pay close to 40% in taxes today well, or do a Roth up to the 24% tax bracket? Yeah. So, well, what is he talking about? Well, he's, I think he's adding New York tax, maybe. It's 6% New York. So he thinks he's in the 32% tax bracket at $175,000 of gross income? Well, I guess he's, he's yeah. Is he married? Is Pete from Pachagui me married? Yeah, must be single, I'm guessing. 175 is not the top of 32. I know. I'm, I'm aware of that. <laughs> so the, 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 the answer is, if you've got, if you've got a pension of 55000 and let's say you end up with a million dollars in your retirement account, even if it's all deferred, your RMD is going to be 40000 ish So that's 90000 of income. Right. So that's and, and if then if you take away your standard deduction, again, I don't know whether you're single or married, let's say you're single. That is going to be what is currently the 22 percent bracket, which will later be 25. Well, if he's single, um, I don't know if he, what his taxable income is. I'm, I'm just I'm just going to go the future. I don't know what his current income is. But if, if in other words, his future tax bracket will probably be the 25% bracket based upon his pension amount and his RMD. Okay, and I don't know, are you planning to live in New York at a high tax rate? Uh, it's, you're right, it says 6.4 and 32, but I'm not sure you're in the 32% bracket, but we don't- I Well, don't, 165,000 taxable income roughly, about 165, 170, I think, yeah, is, yeah. Right, is getting into the 32. So he says he's making 170. So he's a couple of bucks into the 32, uh, but I don't know if he's if if that's gross income or taxable income. Yeah, well, maybe if it's, if, if it's taxable income, if your if your taxable income is one hundred seventy thousand dollars, then no, I don't think it makes sense to do conversion because now you're at thirty two plus state, you're forty percent. Yeah, because we just did the math, and in retirement, based upon the numbers you just gave us, you'll you'll be in the twenty two percent bracket currently, or twenty five when we go back to the new new tax bracket. Yeah, the rule of thumb is this: Are you going to be in a higher bracket or lower bracket in the future? If you're going to be in a lower bracket in the future, then don't do a conversion. If you're going to be in a higher tax bracket in the future, then or the same tax bracket, then you want to do a conversion. We got Tony. He writes in uh, with no location given. Hi, Joe and Al. Love your show. I have a burning question for you about my retirement planning and Roth conversion. <laughs> Who has burning questions about Roth conversions? Well, Tony, apparently. Big T. 58 years old, looking to retire in the next year or two. My question is about where, whether to convert all my 401k IRA to Roth by age 69 up to the 24% tax bracket so that I can begin collecting tax-free Social Security at age 70, no other income. I can then supplement my Social Security with tax-free Roth as needed, and I'll never have to file another tax return again. Is this smart planning to convert everything and go for the tax-free Social Security? Or should I leave some funds in the IRA so that I can take advantage of the standard deduction and utilize the lower bracket during the golden years? 
Do you think the IRS may change the tax law to include Roth income when calculating tax on Social Security? Thank you, Tony. All right, Tony. That's an interesting take on things. It sure is. I here's what I think. Okay. I think that um, you don't you don't need to convert everything because there is a standard deduction, and so likely even if maybe a little small RMD causes a little bit of your social security to be taxable, it could potentially be tax-free because of the standard deduction. So I would hate to pay taxes now on something that could be at least partially tax-free later. If your income, Tony, is under $32,000 of provisional income, you're ta- it's tax-free. So that's your starting point, right? So provisional income, taxable income, and adjusted gross income are all a little bit different. Sure. Yeah, so explain provisional. So provisional income is half of your Social Security. So let's say Tony's Social Security benefit is $20,000. Right. So provisional income is your adjusted gross. So let's say he said he had no other income. That's what he said. Right. right? So his provisional income in that example would be $10,000 because the provisional income is half of your Social Security plus your adjusted gross. So if he had interest, if he had dividends, if he had a pension, if he had even tax-free income from a municipal bond, all of that would be added up. And then if that number is below $32,000, then the tax on Social Security is zero. So if he's looking to be in the 0% Social Security zone, then keep your provisional income under $32,000. What he's very smart on is that the Roth distribution is not included in provisional income. So you could have a $100,000 Roth distribution that's not even included in the calculation. So you could have $20,000 Social Security plus 100,000 Roth distribution. You got 120 grand of income, zero taxes paid. Right. That's, I guess, Tony's goal. Yeah. And of course, we don't know how he's going to live all the way till um, Social Security. If he retires in the next year or two at 58, so do you have money outside of retirement to be able to live? Do you have money to pay taxes on Roth conversions? How much to convert? See, the thing is, because of the provisional income, which is only half of Social Security, right? And then you add other income, maybe some IRA income, some RMDs, things like that. You could still be not only in a 0% tax, but or the lowest of brackets, 10% bracket, maybe 12, which, right. is, which is cheap. Now, I don't know what your salary is now. If you're in the 24% bracket now, why would you do that? Because basically, you're, you're saying, I'll pay 24 tax. 24% now to save 12% later. Not, not a good deal. Yeah, you, you want to look, but he's on the right track. He's doing more calculations than I think than most. He is. Yeah, be, because, I mean, he's, he's aware that Roth, that Roth conversions or RMDs or any income can affect the taxability of your Social Security, which is right. And so you're looking at, all right, is there a possible solution here? You want to look at, because... In, in some cases, Al, if he did convert in the 24% tax bracket to keep him in a 0% tax bracket for life, is that going to make sense? Maybe, right? It depends on how big of an IRA that he has and how old he is and how long he has to convert, right? So we've done calculations where, yes, if you do convert in a higher bracket, it's going to make sense because you're putting yourself in a very low tax bracket or zero tax bracket for the rest of your life. So then you look at the tax savings by being in that 0% tax bracket for the next 20 years versus paying a fairly high tax bracket for the first five, then you just do the delta or you do the calculation that way. Yeah. So I guess all I'm saying is that you don't have to convert every penny to stay in a 0% bracket. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. You want to at least keep some balance. So if you convert it all, you just paid too much tax. But there's something to be said for never having to file a tax return again at age 70. So maybe maybe that's not a bad idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like paying off your mortgage. You don't have to think about it. I don't think filing a tax return with a couple bucks of income is that big of a deal. <laughs> well, you don't have to get TurboTax or go to your accountant, right? It's you know you're you're not part of the tax system anymore. Kind of kind of like that. Well, yeah, because you've been doing taxes for forty years. Yeah, I'm sick of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the big outplay. Yeah. Um, all right. Hopefully that answered your burning question, Tony. <laughs> did we did we feed the fire of your burning question on? Roth IRA and in Social Security. So um, just understand provisional income. Uh, look in at the numbers, and so do do the calculation. You know, you want to run a spreadsheet. I'm sure Tony's got a spreadsheet of figuring out. All right, well, here's my provisional income. What tax bracket am I going to be in, and how much can I get out? Um, question for you, Alan, is that on provisional income is on the front side to determine the the taxation of Social Security is on the uh, above the line. Uh, versus below the line, let's say because he's got a $25,000 deduction, right? Let's say if he claims the standard. So if he did have income that would push the Social Security, let's say to 33000 right? So now you have more Social Security tax or it's above that zero line. Sure. But then you have a, a, a deduction. It's still going to wash out anyway because the, the taxation of the Social Security is going to be wiped out. Yeah, I, I answered yeah, my own question. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So you don't have to convert all of it. Got it. I've got a whole stack of new financial resources for you this week in the podcast show notes. If you missed it, on Friday, we released a quick special YMYW podcast about the whole GameStop short squeeze situation that had everyone a buzz. You can check that out along with a blog post about the whole thing. We have a lot of Roth IRA, Roth conversion, Roth contribution, and Roth withdrawal questions this week. So I've also posted the ultimate guide to Roth IRAs and a link to all of our white papers. They're free and they're chock full of useful information. So why not avail yourself of all of them? Learn how to crack the financial code at any age, download our social security handbook, get all the key financial data for 2021, including current tax brackets and deadlines, retirement account contribution limits, and much more. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes and start downloading. Bob writes in from Western New York. Hi, Andy, Joe, and Dr. Roth. Oh, that's me. Very good, Al. You're excited about that. That's pretty exciting. That's the first time I've been called doctor. Doctor? Other than the um, the guy at my church. Doctor? Yeah. Doctor. Dr. Roth. Doctor? Doctor. Um, ever seen that movie? Doctor what? Uh, Spies Like Us. Yeah. So long ago, I couldn't even tell you what, what it was about or even who was in it. Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd. Okay. All right. Now it's coming back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I didn't see it. Um, okay. First things first. I drive a 2008 Volvo XC90 with $110,000, uh, 110,000 miles. And he's got the picture up on the screen. That's that's a cool looking car. Still going strong. Yeah. Um, okay. He's, he's got a golden retriever. On, Neurotic. A neurotic. Thank you for that spell check there. <laughs> I was trying to save you from yourself. Thank you. Uh, I'm really bad reading. 
have a, I have a question regarding withdrawing funds from a Roth 401k, Roth IRA. I know if you retire at 55, you can withdraw funds from a 401k without a 10% penalty. I also realize that if you roll the 401k into a traditional IRA at 55, you have to wait until 59 and a half to withdraw the funds. My question is if you roll the Roth portion of a 401k into a Roth IRA, can you withdraw the contribution portion of the Roth at 55 without occurring the 10% penalty? I know you said that Roth contributions can be withdrawn at any time, but I wasn't sure if there were different rules with the Roth 401k contributions after they were rolled over. Thank you for the insight. Well, why does he want to do that, first of all? <laughs> because he wants to live in the go-go years. <laughs> um, no, he doesn't. He drives a 2008 Volvo XC90 with 110,000 miles but on that's it. Why he's, that's why he's got the money, so he can have fun. What do you think? Well, a, contrib- I'm have to... a, a contribution is a contribution. Right? It's after tax. Yeah, it's after tax. So if it's a contribution in a Roth 401k or it gets rolled into a Roth IRA, the contribution character of that carries over to the Roth. So yes, you can pull out contributions from a Roth IRA. You can actually do that any age. You don't have to be 55. You can do that any age without penalty, right? Um, out of an IRA, but not out of a 401k. It's up to the plan document rules. Well, so, he, but, but he he would yeah. But he's he, rolling the money he, out. He's rolling it out to a Roth IRA. Right, but if he doesn't have a Roth IRA, there's still going to be a five year clock within the earnings on that. But oh, I believe oh, sure. the contributions are going to be fine. Yeah, well, right. So so there's two components to this, and we should back up. So if you have a 401k and you're still working at that company that has that 401k at age 55, and then you retire. So you have to be 55 when you're retiring with that plan, then you can pull money out without the penalty. And that would be that would essentially be true of a regular 401k and a Roth 401k. So so the answer is yes to both of those, but he was wondering if you roll that into a Roth IRA is it the same rule, not on the earnings, but on the contribution it would be because the contribution part, I don't really care whether you contribute to a 401k or a Roth IRA, the contribution part would carry over into that Roth IRA. I think that's what he's asking. So my question is, if you roll the 401k, the Roth portion of a 401k into a Roth IRA, does it does it have FIFO tax treatment is basically what he's saying. He wants to have access to the contributions before 55. I, I would never do that, though, Bob. Don't do it. It doesn't make any sense to do it because I don't know the answer to this without 100% certainty because I would never, ever give this advice. <laughs> Well, because, I, okay, you, you got money into the Roth IRA. It's difficult to get money into the Roth IRA. We, we preach on this stupid show of why you want to have money into a Roth IRA to compound tax free for a long time. The last thing you want to do is retire early and then blow out your Roth. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're I, short sighted here. No, that's the last place you would want to go. So I, I believe you could have access. I don't even want to give Bob the answer. I, I already did. You can do it. But then Joe is saying don't, and I agree with that logic too. Especially if you retire and you don't have any income, at the very least, pull it out of your 401k because you're in such a low bracket, <laughs> right? Why would you pull it, pull it out of the Roth? I don't know. But, well, no, because he doesn't want to incur the, the, the early withdrawal penalty because he's under 55. Let's say, he, he, I mean, he's a fire guy, Bob. <laughs> you know, here he's probably 45 years old. 
right? And he's thinking he's going to retire at like our other boy that retired, John, yeah, at 45, 45, you know, but he's like, oh, I got this money in the 401k plan. I got to bridge the gap. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to move the money from my Roth 401k into a Roth IRA, and I'm going to live off of the contributions until I can have access to the money. Bob, don't do it. Uh, Mary writes in from Sacramento, California. Would we be better off putting money into an after-tax IRA or opening a brokerage account? What are the pros and cons of each? Would we be eligible for a non-deductible IRA or the dreaded backdoor Roth? It's not dreaded. The dreadness is me talking about. Yeah, that, well, I think that's what uh, Mary's referring to. You scared people, Joe. You're going to have to talk about the, the dreaded the, the backdoor dread, yeah. Roth IRA. Right. I know you. Uh, would we be better off to open another IRA as we both already have established IRAs and do a backdoor Roth IRA every year? You don't know what a backdoor Roth IRA is, Mary, if you're asking this question. It's like every other episode. We've already answered it. Go back and listen to it. every other podcast. Mary, I love you. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> this is why it is dreaded backdoor Roth IRA. Right. Um, if if you are, I'll give you a quick answer. If you already have other IRAs, the whole backdoor Roth concept doesn't work because of the the aggregation rules and the what's the other pro rata pro rata. Thank you. The, look those two things up. Those are the reasons why it doesn't work. And and actually, you're better off putting in your situation because you already have IRAs is to put it in a brokerage account because you'll get capital gain treatment. So there's your answer. Husband and I are. In our early 50s, I max out a 401k. Spouses max out simple IRA. I earn about $150,000 a year. Uh, spouse income varies from 120 to 180. We have some debt, a couple cars, 3% APR, and a student loan, 40K, 4%. Um, it's not a lot of debt. So early 50s, they're maxing out 401ks. He's got a simple plan. Um, I would want to know a little bit more about spouse Right, because if spouse has a simple plan, is he an employee of a small business that the the small business owner set up the simple plan, or is he the small business owner that set up the simple plan, and does he have employees, or is he self-employed? Uh, because you can set up multiple different plans in regards to the simple that could take some of these excess dollars that you would want to save that you're contemplating backdoor, you know, Roths and brokerage accounts and stuff like that. Well, you could probably be maybe a little bit more efficient with the retirement plans that he currently has, depending on what, what that status looks well, like. And also if, if Mary's 401k allows for uh, after tax contributions, now we can do a garage door <laughs> Roth conversion. Mega backdoor garage door, baby. Um, That's actually the better answer still. But on the on the two on the question you asked, is it better to do a non-deductible IRA or a brokerage account? It's better to do a brokerage account unless you can do the backdoor Roth, which you cannot uh, very successfully because you already have other IRAs. Right, and the reason we're saying that is. The tax efficiency that you can have in a brokerage account is, is pretty powerful today than maybe it was 20 years ago uh, because you can get into exchange-traded funds, tax-efficient type mutual funds, index funds that don't kick out a lot of, let's say, interest or capital gains that kind of hampers the growth. Because before it was tax deferred would always be taxable because all the growth and interest and dividends that you're receiving on your investments, you don't have to pay tax on them. And so the compounding effect of, of those dollars 
um, grows. But then you have to pay ordinary income tax on all the growth anyway on the way out. But if you tax manage a brokerage account effectively by looking at tax efficient investments plus tax loss harvesting, and then you're only paying a capital gains rate coming out um, as you spend it, uh, we find that that's a lot better long term. Uh, depending, you know, of course, on the numbers and how you manage the money. So, yeah, I, I think I agree with you, Al, is, A, you could be a little bit more efficient maybe with the, the retirement plans that you have depending on your husband's uh, status. But if, if there's no money in a brokerage account, there's very little tax diversification. It's all It all sounds like just retirement accounts and um, it's all ordinary income coming out when they retire, you know, maybe in 20 years or 15 years. Yeah, the the problem with putting money into a non-deductible IRA, you don't get a tax, you don't get a benefit right now in terms of a tax deduction. You do get basis in the account, so you will get it back, but it will be on a pro rata basis. And then all the future growth on that money is ordinary income. So that's that's why that's not necessarily the best idea. Victoria from Poway. I have too much credit card debt, twenty thousand dollars in an upcoming parent-student loan of $30,000 that's due in February. I'm not sure if I should pull the money out of my retirement investments or refinance my home and pull some out of the equity. I'm 60, and I'd like to retire soon. I'm not sure what to do. I can't sleep at night. Well, Victoria, I'm your Ambien, baby. (laughs) Do you have her answer? (laughs) How is she going to sleep, Jeff? She's going to sleep like a baby after this answer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I don't know, to be honest with you. <laughs> I thought you I thought you me all excited. You were gonna say have your kid pay for the loan. You don't have to pay for your kid's college. I would to, to be honest with you, I would refinance it. I would take it out of the equity. And I know I'm gonna get hate mail for this, <laughs> but here's my rationale before because of it. So let's say you got fifty thousand dollars, right? You you push that thing off, you're gonna get a low interest rate. I'm sure Victoria, she's got good good credit. You refinance, you get a lower rate. 3%, something like that, maybe 4%, 3.5%. But the payment on that is going to be small versus taking it out of a retirement account and paying 12%, 15%, 20 in tax. Yeah. I'd much rather pay 2% to the bank versus 20% or 15% or whatever the tax rate is by taking it out of the retirement account to the IRS. Yeah. So if you're going to take out thirty dollars or $50,000 to pay off the debt, you really have to pay take out about 75000 to cover the tax to pay on the so it's I, I would tend to agree with you, although I don't really like to borrow money to, you know, for these sorts of things. But I would say, given what little we know, that's probably the right answer. All right. Good luck, Victoria. Ed from Palm Desert writes in. He's, he's 77. And uh, let's see, he's got a large portion of his retirement savings in traditional IRAs. I'm very concerned that as my required minimum distributions increase annually with age, I will reach a point where my Medicare premiums increase substantially. Is there any action I can take to preclude this increase in Medicare premiums? I do not consider conversions to a Roth IRA as a suitable candidate solution due to the immediate tax burden that would be incurred. I'm married and my wife is my age. Thank you. All right, Ed. So finally, we got someone that doesn't like the Roth. Yeah, good. Maybe first time listener. Yeah, first right. time caller. Uh, <laughs> Ed from Palm Desert. You got the wrong show, Ed. Yeah. Uh, 77. Well, first of all, I don't know how big your RMDs are. So you're going to increase your, your Medicare premium substantially. We need, not, we need to know what the well, required distribution is. Well, let's just do this, Joe. So the, 
when you're married, as long as your income is less than 176,000, you're in the lowest rung of Medicare. 167 bucks a month or something? Yeah, it's uh yeah, 148. 150, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so $176,000 RMD at a 4% distribution. It, well, it's more than that cuz he's 77, but roughly, close enough. Roughly. Let's let's call it he's got a he'd have to have a $4 million in his IRA. Right. To, to be pushing up against this. So I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Unless you got that. And if you got that, then great. You you got some other problems. Right. So and you could do a QCD, a qualified charitable distribution. Exactly. So Ed, if you are charitably inclined, you could take a portion or all of your RMD up to $100,000 and give it to a qualifying charity. Yeah. And that way it comes off right at the front of your form 1040. It's not included in your income. So it, it's not included in this for Medicare. So we'd have to know a lot more to be able to help you, but but you'd have to have a very large required minimum distribution to run up against this. Right. So um, there you go, Ed. Yeah. I don't know if a Roth conversion makes sense. Just understanding what the limitations are. And if, well, I don't know. He doesn't want to pay the tax up front, but he'd rather pay the tax. In the, but he's worried about RMDs. He's worried about the tax of the RMDs, but he doesn't want to pay the tax up front at almost all-time low tax brackets. Yeah, and that's the thing to consider is since tax brackets are so low right now, you might want to rethink the Roth idea. Is a Roth conversion suitable for you? What's the best strategy for you to pay off debt? What accounts should you be saving into for the most tax-efficient retirement? We get these kind of questions every week on YMYW, and the fellas answer them to the best of their ability with minimal time and prep. We also offer free 45-minute digital workshops on taxes and retirement, more comprehensive two-day digital retirement courses, or you can take a deep dive with a free financial assessment and get comprehensive professional help in identifying the financial strategies that will set you up for a successful retirement, giving your specific circumstances, goals, and needs. Sign up for a tax workshop, a retirement class, or a financial assessment in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to get started. Uh, I guess we blew something up to you, Al. We got a call in from our, our buddy from the FI finance guy. Um, FIphysician.com. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. So do um, you want to tell the story there, Andy? Oh, he gave us a shout out. He he uh, rated Your Money, Your Wealth as the best uh, retirement podcast with humor. Two years running. Yes. But so we, apparently nobody else is funny. But we screwed up. So we gave an answer that wasn't true. You didn't see his email that come through? Am I the only one that reads emails around this place? Uh, apparently so. I missed that one. Yeah, From the FI physician guy? Yeah. He's like, hey, we can't let Big Al blow up and kill his reputation. That's why we got a three star. <laughs> he must have sent it directly to you. No, it came through the normal channels. So oh, wow. we talked about um, backdoor Roth IRAs yeah, and then do the conversion. And then we said that you would still have to wait five years if you're under 59 and a half to have access to it because it was a conversion. Do you remember having that conversation, Alan? Uh, well, we, we, I have, we've had that conversation many times. Sure. He said we were wrong. I just found the email. So that we were wrong is that, um, and then he wrote a big blog on it. So I, I guess we need to share that with everyone. All because right. Alan and I are idiots. All right. Uh, so, and I appreciate him calling us out on that. So it's, it's five years or 59 and a half, whichever is sooner. No, there is no five-year clock on the app because it's basis. You have access to the basis. Oh, the basis. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's different. Right. So you did an after-tax 
because we were thinking, so all these fire people are calling us, right? Because they want to do these backdoor, mega backdoor, and all this right. other stupid backdoor stuff um, <laughs> that, that may or may not apply to Roths. Sure. Uh, to get money out of their retirement accounts prior to 59 and a half because they think they can retire at 45. Sure. And they're going to live in whatever shed. And so they're out. Like we had two questions today about this. So we said, no, you have to wait five years because it was a conversion. He goes, no, you have basis. And then it now makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You have basis. Yeah. Then you have access yeah. to the basis. Did we know there was basis? I don't think we knew that. Or well, maybe- yeah, it's a backdoor Roth IRA out. Okay, well, I guess I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, that does have basis. Okay, well then, th- three star. I, I agree. <laughs> so, um, what's it? Yeah, David. Thank you. F- t- yes, to David from uh, f5physician.com. And yes, he does. I see he does have a a blog post that he wrote about the backdoor Roth emergency fund. Ooh, oh, there you go. Yeah, you guys call David. If you want the backdoor Roth to be an emergency fund, if you want to spend this money. Prior to let's say sixty, um, yeah, we're not we're not we're not the show. But <laughs> he's got a nice blog though. It's really yeah, well. Yeah. Very look cool. at that little table of contents. Sure, we don't have table of contents in in, in our blogs. That's not true. We do too. But maybe I've never. Do you it. read our blogs, Joe? No, I do not. I'm <laughs> very busy. <laughs> what? Um, okay. Well, I think you know what. That's the first time we've made a mistake, right? No. Well, how about, yeah, well, we got Christine on page 10 has got a, got a follow up for you. Uh, oh, yeah, there's that's the second one. Yeah, we no, we do make mistakes and we and usually when we find out about them, we own up to them because, you know, when you're when you're talking quickly off the cuff, sometimes things come out. That's right. All right. I think you should do Christine. <laughs> OK, well, fine. What's that other mistake? Yeah. What, what, what page? End of page 10. Okay. All right. Oh, she wrote a, is that a limerick? Oh, God. I think, yes, she gave you a limerick. Hi, team. This is Christine from near Pittsburgh. I listened to the answer to my question from Joe and Al in podcast 309 broadcast today, January 19, 2021. And here's my response. Are are we playing this game? So we give, we're trying to help all of you people. With your finance. And we get limericks with our mistakes. And then here's my response. Is Christine the one with the dog that was like going to drool on me? I'm yep. <laughs> in, the, in the convertible? Yep. I figured so much. I knew I was going to get some backlash on that one. <laughs> An air from Joe, I believe, uh, but his goal was not to deceive. He skipped the detail in my lengthy email. So I'm willing to give him a reprieve. That's very clever. <laughs> Christine, just got too much time on her hands. I'm telling you that. <laughs> Sounds like like Ruthie does stuff like this. My mother. Joe stated that my clergy husband would not be entitled to Social Security spousal benefits because he had opted out of Social Security, which is an option given to clergy. However, my understanding is the option of opt out of Social Security is only for income received as a member of the clergy who work as a minister. If the minister has earnings from other non-clergy work, that income is treated as regular income and all taxes are due. In my husband's case, I did say he had also done other non-clergy work and had paid the normal taxes on the income and would receive a small Social Security check at retirement based on those non-clergy earnings. So is it possible that Joe made a mistake by saying that my husband would not get spousal benefits based on my Social Security, which is, in a, um, which is higher than his? I'm betting he did make a mistake. 
You know why I made the mistake, Christine? Because I skipped like three quarters of the email. <laughs> that was a long one, right? I, yeah, I was just trying to fly through the thing. Right. So we weren't, you know, we didn't spend two hours on it. So, so uh, Christine, the answer is yes. If your husband had uh, other work outside of the clergy, then yeah, then he could be uh, eligible for Social Security as long as he has 10 years, 40 quarters. Yeah. So because he missed that detail in my lung, which he described as a novel. It, yeah. w- it was more than a novel. <laughs> it was longer than a novel. I kind of remember that. I think you got to the point where you started skipping paragraphs. I had to. Yeah. I had to. And I, I thought I, I did a pretty good job of skipping and still not missing a beat. But you got a limerick. Oh, my God. Honestly, I think you did actually read it all out loud. I don't think any of it made it into between your ears. Well, that could be. That could be very true. That you know, because I, I did drink a big giant glass of vodka before I read it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So Christine's going to give me another limerick. Um, all right. Well, hopefully, yes. So you're good, Christine. Thank you for the nice little poem. She's good. She's clever. Yeah, very clever. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Thank you all for your questions and comments and corrections. You're keeping the fellas honest. Check out FIPhysician.com's Backdoor Roth Basis blog post in the podcast show notes at YourMoneyYourWealth.com and stick around to the end of today's episode for the derails. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at YourMoneyYourWealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment video call. It doesn't matter where you are in the country, and chances are one of the certified financial planners from Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. All right. Uh, do we got to take a break, Andy? No, you can get going. I thought we were going three minutes. No, that's... A- no, that was the segment before. Yeah, we're, we got another five minutes. What? No, you're five minutes in. You've done five minutes so far. This is the last segment? Second. No, this is seven. Oh. We got all kinds of time. Okay. okay. Pick whichever one you want. We got like a couple one-star reviews, three-star reviews. Oh, we did. Okay. Well, because what it happens... happens. Right? Isn't that the truth, Andy? There was a three-star review, yes. They did Actually, it was a three-star rating. They did not actually review us. They just said, you're only worth three stars. It broke Andy's heart. <laughs> She's trying to search search down the three-star man. You know, Andy can only work with what she's got, which is yours and my, me talk. So she's doing the best she can. She was almost in tears earlier today. <laughs> we, wow, he makes stuff we, up so good. We, we did get three five-stars or something. We did, yes. Yes. Okay, well, that makes up for it. Yeah. I mean, well, no. I mean, one three-star is like 400. You know, we need to make up... We need to get like 400 five stars to make up for that. <laughs> to make up for that. Yeah, but see, some people think of these stars differently. Like a three star, that's pretty good. That's passing. You know. Yeah. Average. Four, four, yeah, average. I think we should be just jammed up at three. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think we're five. I think sometimes I think we're some, one. Some people should give us two stars. It's like, well, guys, some people do. <laughs> those, those guys just kind of they talk in circles. That's a two star. Definitely. Like this segment, <laughs> probably a two star. Yeah, but if this is all you've heard on this show. You probably it, it, probably give it a two, maybe a one, maybe a one. 
I would play some Palm Desert, Al. Yeah, you do. You're you're a recent new resident there. I am. Second home. Yep. Nice. Rental. Rental. Yes. It's a rental. Yes. I, Actually, um, so is mine in Hawaii. I um I do spend. Well, since you can't rent stuff out anymore. Yeah, true. I'm spending a little bit more you know, time out there than <laughs> I wanted to. Is Are you using like VRBO or do you have a property manager? Property manager. Got it. You don't want to be bothered with that. I do not want to be bothered <laughs> with that type of stuff, Al. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, we do use VRBO. It, it actually works pretty well. Yeah. Um, no, I know several people that do that. And yeah. it's like, no, not going to do it. <laughs> not going to do it. <laughs> 